Hi, you're now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. We're happy to bring you sermons like this one every week. You can find other sermons at our site at harvest-community.org. So without further ado, here's our speaker. All right, anyways, my name is Pastor Stan, or Stan, actually, you can call me Stan, and I'm an associate pastor here. Um, for those of you that, uh, some of you may know, but Pastor Dave actually a couple of weeks ago was on an Aero Leadership Conference, and uh, he was here last Sunday, but actually, unfortunately, he came into close contact with someone with uh, COVID, tested positive for COVID, so he was uh, planning on speaking this morning with us, but um, yeah, unfortunately, we wanted just to make sure that everyone's safe, so he, he stayed home and is in quarantine. Um, so... You know, for the past two weeks, Pastor Frank, uh, you know, has really been speaking to us about this ministry of admonishment, right? This ministry of admonishment. And, you know, I think it's it's been really actually good even for, for me, too, to, to hear about ways that God can really speak to us through other people and how really this, uh, this admonishment necessarily isn't just about correction, but also about care about wanting us to um, really uh, experience God more fully in our lives. And, oh, okay. Is this? Oh, this one? Okay, all right. Sounds good. Yeah, the feedback? Okay, Okay. And I really agreed with his vision, right? And his vision was was really just to have us all like share about what's going on in our lives and, and really be vulnerable and broken with each other, but also to be able to speak into each other's lives and to really want to see real life change in all of us as a church. And even as Pastor Frank was like sharing and speaking to us about this, like I, I kept thinking about, well, well, why don't we see more real life change in our lives? You know, why don't we see more life like that God is working in us? Especially, you know, for a lot of us, we, we've been part of church our whole lives. Like I, I see the youth group joining us today, and, and a lot of them have been part of a Harvest since they were little babies, little kids. So why don't we see more life change, real life change, uh, working in us through, through God? And I know that this question has, like, many different facets and many different things, but you know, as I was reflecting on this, I, I just kept thinking back that, you know, this isn't maybe a new experience. Actually, a lot of Christians and, and a lot of people have experienced this. There's this disconnect between what we hear and teach and what we hear of God's word and what we actually experience in our lives. And so even as I was thinking and praying about this, this, this parable actually came and that God really just placed in my heart. And I want to share this parable with you. It's a parable of Jesus. It's from Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. Uh, Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. And it's from the ESV version. And i got to turn this on. So let me, let me read this for us. It reads, And again, or again, he began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him. So he got into a boat and sat, it, sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came 
and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. Uh, you know, let me pray for us. I just feel that after reading the word, you know, just wanting just to spend a little bit of time to pray. So let's let's pray. Father, we uh, again just come before you, and we ask that even as we hear the words. Uh, your words to us this morning through this parable. Father, I pray that you would work in our hearts, that we would be able to receive and accept your word. Lord, all the things that are distracting us, all the things that maybe be on our minds, or even um, the, the evil one, Satan, might be working in us, telling us lies, even right now, uh, to take us away from your word. I, I pray against those lies. I pray against Satan, that, Lord, that you may be working in us right now, through your word. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so the reason I wanted to uh, share this parable, I mean, specifically this parable, is I, I feel like it, it really provides uh, this really good picture about what it really means to see real life change. And what I mean by this is, you know, I think a lot of times when we read this parable, uh, it's, it's, for most of us, we probably have heard it before, and it's very familiar with some of us, but, but I think it really actually provides this picture about what it means to actually accept God's word and, and really live it out. But the reality of it is, is actually there's a lot of things that really are barriers to receiving God's word, barriers, things that prevent us from really, when we hear it, like even now as I'm, I'm preaching, it's just so interesting that this parable is talking about exactly what is happening right now in this room. And there are barriers sometimes that happen when we hear God's word, which cause us to not really be able to, to see it work out in our lives, to really live it out. And so, you know, I really wanted to go through these barriers with you guys. And, and again, I, 
the reason why I want to go through it is not to induce any kind of guilt or any kind of sense of, man, I'm not doing enough or anything like that. But, but really, it's my hope for us this morning, uh, myself included, is to just become more aware that these are, are real barriers to accepting God's word. And as we become more aware that we can really give these barriers to God and God can then overcome them on our behalf, really, because in, in some ways, really, these barriers might seem insurmountable to some of us, and even myself included. So for the first barrier, um, the first barrier is spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare. And we see this actually in verses 4, and also, the, you know, and I, I purposely read all the way down to verse 20. I know that was a little bit long, but, but I really felt like it was really important to read the parable first and then read Jesus' explanation afterwards to give us this more fuller picture. So, so verse 4 is just the parable itself, and then verses 15 is an explanation of it. Let me read that for us again. It says in verse 4, And he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. And then in verse 15, the explanation, And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown, where they, when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And I find it really interesting that Jesus is really first addressing, you know, this, this aspect of spiritual warfare. He talks about Satan as a very first barrier, uh, you know, for us receiving his word. And I, I think that's interesting because, I, you know, I, I feel like in this modern age with, like, the Internet, with science and all these other things, you know, there is a, a, an emphasis, if you will, more on the, the physical or, or the mental, you know. And, and this spiritual world really doesn't really impact us or we don't really see it. And, you know, I think it's really uh, fascinating, actually, that a lot of people, there, there still is this little bit of tug. And I, I see this, basically, it's talking with some friends about, like, horror movies. Like, why do people enjoy horror movies so much? And I, I feel like there is this connection that, for a lot of us, we feel like, wow, there's, there is something more out there. And I think horror movies kind of touches upon that and also the, the jump scares and things. But I really, actually, don't like horror movies, so... I'm sort of maybe also speaking out of, not out of experience, but out of what other people, people say. But, but really there, I think in the culture today, there, there is this de-emphasis of what is spiritual. And, you know, as I was thinking about this, I just remembered this conversation I had with a friend of mine. And, and he was just sharing, he, he lives alone. And, you know, he was saying that he experienced like these weird things that happened in his place. Like one of them was like he was sitting on his bed and, and at night, and he was like, he, was, he said he was awake, and he felt this pressure on this other side of his bed. And it was just like really like freaky. And then, you know, the hair on his back of his neck was standing up. Or, or that he was washing something in his dishwasher, and it, somehow like one of the pieces wasn't there. And then like a couple days later, he found that same piece in his dishwasher, and he could have sworn that it was, it was there. And so as we were talking about this, you know, I think both of us wanted to just have like a rational explanation for these for these things we wanted to say okay well you know maybe he really was asleep and then he was just in this half sleep state or or maybe he just overlooked this thing in the dishwasher but but really if you think about it i mean there is a real possibility that that there are maybe this this aspect of this of spirits in his place and you know maybe for some of you that makes you really feel really uncomfortable i mean it's making me even feel a little bit uncomfortable as i'm i'm sharing this but but there really is this possibility that there is this whole spiritual world, if you will, that really 
overlaps our own, and that God wants us and Jesus wants us to be more aware of that world. And so there's this passage in the Bible and um, uh, these verses, and these verses really have been really super helpful. Uh, you know, Faye, my wife, uh, she did this Armor of God series, and so I know a lot of other women have, have done the series. And she wrote this verse on this little card and put it up on our bathroom window. So every morning when we brush our teeth and every night we brush our teeth, you get to see it. I just have to admit that it, it's so easy. Like in the beginning, you're like, oh, that's cool, and you read it. And then after a while, you just start brushing your teeth. You just totally ignore the verses that are right there. I think that's actually even a good image of, of even the spiritual world. It's so easy sometimes to ignore. But these verses actually come from Ephesians chapter 6, 11 through 12. Uh, Ephesians 6. Uh, Ephesians 6, 11 through 12, and it says this. It says, put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And I think it's, it's so important, vital even, to recognize that our struggle is not against like the things of this world, like the the like sometimes you know I know nowadays there's just a lot of going on with like politics, with social upheavals, with talking about discrimination and social justice and racism, and yes, those are all important things. Don't get me wrong; those are important um, like topics and things to talk through. But as Christians. Our struggle isn't against this other side of the argument. Our struggle isn't against those that disagree with us about mask wearing or vaccinations or these kind of things. Our struggle really is against the powers and the principalities and the spiritual forces of darkness. And, you know, as I was just reflecting on this, I, I couldn't help but feel that, specifically even this point, that as a church we in a lot of ways, have been kind of lulled into thinking that all these other things are so much more important. Because, I mean, that's what we talk about. That's what I, you know, I see on Facebook. A lot of people, like, kind of post about and these kind of things. And, and we are so caught up in the things that are, are right in front of us that we see, the arguments and the, and the news and everything else that's right in front of us. But, but the spiritual world, the spiritual force of darkness is really underneath all of this. And it's really something that God wants us to pay attention to. And, I, and even as we talk about this, I, I believe real life change in this area of spiritual warfare really can only come through prayer. Only come through prayer. You know, and, and, I, you know, and that's not, maybe not earth shocking to any of us here, but, but I, I really feel the sense of like when we think of prayer, we sometimes think of it as just, okay, something that we maybe lift up, lift up a person, pray for another person, pray for harvest, these kind of things. But I don't think we realize that prayer is one of, if not the major way of really interacting with the spiritual realm, with the spiritual forces uh, that are happening around us. You know, and uh, I was debating on whether to use this analogy, but... but I just, I just really feel it's, it's a really good analogy. It's like, you know, if you've ever heard people talk about, it's like bring a knife to a gunfight, right? Bring a knife to a gunfight. And I apologize. I know there's violence implications here. But, but in some ways, 
you know, when we are, aren't praying, when we don't realize the importance of the spiritual realm and, and the, the part that prayer plays in it, it's like we're bringing a knife to a gunfight. Right? Sure, a knife can work, right? Maybe if you're fast enough, right? I like how sometimes, you know, Pastor Dave, he, like, does these really quick movements and on stage. I, I won't do that because I, I, I just have a fear I'll, I'll trip and, and fall. <laughs> Not as coordinated as Pastor Dave is. But, but, you know, like, it's like if you're quick enough where you kind of get up on somebody, yeah, maybe you could use that knife. Maybe you could defend yourself. But if the guy has a gun, if this person has a gun, there's no way, right? There's no way, like, 99% of the time, the guy with the gun is, is going gonna, is gonna to win, right? And I, and I really feel that in the sense of life change for us, that prayer plays such an important role in that, in that life change, that if we don't aren't intentional about praying, if we aren't, don't realize the importance of prayer in our lives, then a lot of ways we're, we are weaponless. We, we don't have the things that we need to fight against, to stand up to str- the, the struggle to put on that whole armor of God against these spiritual forces of darkness. And so, you know, and I share this with you again, not to make us feel guilty or anything like that. It's, you know, I'm right there with you guys. Like, even as I was preparing for this sermon, I'm like, I got I to gotta really pray. This is, this is something that God is really wanting me to share with you guys and things. And, you know, and, it just, and sometimes I just felt like, man, I, I'm, I'm not praying enough. And honestly, like, it's so easy. This, this week, you know, has been super busy. I mean, every week is always really busy. But are we really trying to be intentional with God and, and spending that time to pray? And not even, like, this praying of, like, somehow overcoming things, but, but just spending time with God to realize that it is through that prayer, through that times of prayer that God works in us to really enact real life change, to push back those lies, the spiritual forces of darkness that really work in our lives. So that's the first barrier. The second barrier is shallowness. Second barrier is shallowness. And here we see that in the parable in verses 5 through 6, and then the explanation in 16 through 17. So 5 through 6 says this, Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. And now the explanation from Jesus. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, And when they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while, then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. So just to give a little bit more context, in in Galilee, and I I read this in one of the commentaries I was using uh, this week, there is an abundance of rocks, actually, in the ground. And the soil, actually, the topsoil might look fine, but just underneath the topsoil is all these different rocks. And so... You know, this kind of leads seeds to kind of grow pretty rapidly. And then once they hit that rock, you know, when there's like weather, hot weather things, it just, the, the plant dies right away. And I think what, what Jesus' explanation here is it's really showing us that there, the shallowness of the soil represents a shallowness in how we receive God's word in our lives. A shallowness in how we receive God's word in our lives. And, and, I, and I think for a lot of us, we, we want real life change. I don't question that. I, I think uh, a lot of us, we look at our lives and we're like, man, you know, if, if only I could have, like, more patience with my kids, 
if only I could really have more faith in what I'm doing. Um, and, and maybe you see other people and they're, they're, you see this, this work of God in their lives and you're like, man, I wish I, wish I had that. You, you want it. But I think the awareness that really this parable is bringing is that in order to really see that life change, we have to go deeper. We have to go deeper into not only who God is, because I think a lot of times we talk about God and trying to understand who he is in deeper ways. I mean, that's why I'm here this morning to try to talk about those things. But not only that, but even deeper into who we are, who God has created us to be. And I think that's important because we can go and, you know, we, we go ourselves every week. We come in. A lot of people are here this morning to, like, to worship God, to, to praise God. Um, we teach our kids to do that, right? That's why the youth group is here. But if all that our Christian life is, is just to do these different rituals, and don't get me wrong, the, the Sunday service, the small groups, these things are important. These things are, are even vital to our faith. But if all that is and there's no other work being done in our lives outside of that, I believe it still leaves us very shallow in our faith. And that, when it's shallow like that, that's why when things come out, when, when problems happen in our lives, when, when our marriages are not working, when, when we're facing different challenges in our lives, like it's hard to turn to God because our faith is, is are so shallow that we haven't really allowed God's word to deeply root in us. And so what do we do in this situation, right? And I, and I think that there are actually a lot of resources out there that really are starting to like help us explore this area of going deeper, not just in understanding who God is, but even in understanding who we are in, in how God has created us. And so there's this book, actually. So, so uh, you know, I want to give credit to Faye. <laughs> She's the one that introduced, and she hates that. She, I was... Uh, you know, practicing the sermon yesterday with her, and she's like, "Don't, don't say my name. Don't, don't always like, like point me out in all of this." And I'm like, "No, no, you, I have to. Like, this is, this is, this is God has brought her in my life so that, you know, she's always the one to give me these ideas." But uh, there's a resource out there. There's a book called "Emotionally Healthy Spirituality" by Peter and Jerry Scazzaro. And uh, Faye and I, we took uh, two weeks ago. We took a, a week off, and and part of the week we went through these sessions. Uh, of this emotional, healthy spirituality curriculum in this book. And there's this quote here that I think is super helpful. Peter Scazzaro says this. He says, We underestimate the depth of our bad habits and what is needed to sustain long-term Christ-like change in our relationships. I think this is so important to realize that our Christian life isn't just about knowing God more. And, and, and let, me, let me just say that, like, I think in some ways, yes, knowing God is important. Again, like, the more that we read our Bibles, the more that we understand who God is, that is important. But there is another aspect to this that we have to be able to explore the deeper places in our own lives and apply the gospel to those areas, right? It, is, it requires a sustained, long-term Christ-like change in our lives. And if we don't explore some of our own brokenness, just even as Pastor Frank shared last week, we are going about and we're missing this whole part of our lives that we don't realize is affecting how we see everything, how we see the world, how we see relationships, how we see our marriages, how we see our friends. Like if we don't realize that there is this sense of a whole other part of ourselves 
that God wants to work in us, then, then we're, in a lot of ways, we're not maturing. We're not maturing as Christians because we're not exploring those deeper places. And I, and I, I feel like that's, in some ways, there's this tension, right? Because the tension is that we, we want to know more about God. We want to know, see real life change in our lives. But in order to do that, we have to go to places that are not comfortable. We have to go to places where, you know, like, for example, for me, like, there are things that my parents, you know, really pushed for, wanted the good grades, wanted me to achieve and, and not be a pastor, you know. Uh, anyways, but, uh, but yeah, you know, and wanted me to be that doctor and these kind of things, right? And so there are things that I grew up with that if I don't explore, that if I don't look at through the lens of the gospel, through what God's word is saying into that, then I'm not going to grow. I'm just not going to grow. Because I'm always going to hold back the sense of, like, I'm not good enough. And if I'm not good enough, then I won't be able to, for example, like stand up here in front of you guys and be able to share God's word with you because I would just be too afraid of what maybe you might think of it or maybe how I think you guys are thinking of me, right? And so we have to be able to then go to these places to explore these places and really think about, okay, what is the impact that my family had on me? What is the impact that I have on myself? What are these things that I believe about myself? Right? And really ask God to speak into those places. And really practically, one way to start is just even reading this book. Uh, this book has been really helpful. Uh, one other way, too, is, is I know that sometimes it's a little bit taboo to talk about in in church and these kind of things, but really even see a Christian therapist. You know, I think therapy really helps. Like, it's a, it's a very protected time. You know, like, it's, uh, it's I mean, it's protected by, like, uh, the, like the law, that like they can't share these things. It's very confidential. But sharing with somebody that is not part of our lives and being able to be guided to talk about those things is super helpful. And really, I believe God uses that to help us to not be shallow in our faith and go to those deeper places. So that's the second one, shallowness. The third barrier is distractedness, distractedness. And we see this in the third soil in verse 7 and verses 18 and 19. So the, the parable in verse 7 reads this, is other seed fell among thorns, and these thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And then the explanation from Jesus in 18 and 19, and others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it, grow, and it proves unfruitful. Now notice here that the thorns themselves actually don't kill the seed or the, the plant that grows up, right? It, it just chokes the life out of it, and it prevents it from being fruitful, right? And I, and I think that's important to point out because... The desires of this world, the cares of this world, these things don't necessarily kill our faith. It, in a lot of ways, it just makes us unfruitful. It really prevents us from having true life change. And I think that's important to note because as Christians, we can sometimes think that, we're, that we know that something is wrong. You know, and I've talked to a lot of you, and I've, I've met with you over over meals or over Zoom or these kind of things. And, and we know that things are wrong, 
but, but we, we don't really know what to do about it. We feel disconnected from God, but we don't know what to do about it. And I think the barrier that we're facing is that really our desires are actually, if we're honest with ourselves, are for other things. And I see this even in my own life, that, that we sometimes desire other things for God if we're really honest with ourselves. And this is the, the disconnect there is that we know that something's wrong, but we're not sure what to do about it. And it doesn't kill our faith. We, we don't, and that's the crazy thing. It's like we, we don't like decide one day, okay, we're, you know, we're not going to be part of church or these kind of things. I mean, maybe ultimately, eventually we might. But, but in the meanwhile, we're sort of like, you know, the walking dead in some ways. We're, we're still doing all the things. We're still going through all the motions. But, but we aren't seeing this life in us that we so desperately need. And so we still do all the things that are expected of us as Christians, as members of Harvest, as, as regular attenders, but we don't experience this true life that is really needed to sustain us in the long term. And as we think about these desires and as we reflect on them, I, again, I, I want us to realize that what I'm saying is not to say, okay, and, you know, I, th- I feel like this is always a lot of times shared on the pulpit or taught. It's like we talk about these worldly desires and these things, and we just have to, like, cut them out. And cut, and then like, okay, I'm never going to to interact with this again. I'm never going to go on YouTube. I'm not going to watch any more Netflix. These kind of things. And I, I, you know, what I want to say is that for long-term sustainable growth, it's not about just completely cutting something out. It's about actually, in some ways, reorientating our desire. Right? Because I I, I feel like what the YouTube and the Netflix and the video games and all the stuff. The, our work, our, the hours that we put in, what they're really pointing to is not that we somehow have to cut the behavior out of our lives, but that it points to something deeper in us, the desires that are right there. And those desires, in a lot of ways, are really pointed at somebody else or something else other than God. And really, it's a reorientation of those desires that God wants us to, to see and to experience. You know, and, and really, this, this reorientation, it takes time. It takes time. And, I, and it takes intentionality. And it even goes back to the previous barrier of, of going deeper in shallowness. That we, it takes time to work at reorienting our desires and asking God to reorientate them for us. And that's why we, we pray. That's why we read scripture. That's why we do a lot of these different things is because through those spiritual practices... God reorientates our desires to, to really actually fully desire him. And not just say we do, but actually do. And this is an everyday thing. And so I, you know, as I was thinking about this, I, I, C.S. Lewis actually has a really good like, quote here that talks about this, this, this everydayness of reorientating our desires. And this is from his book, Mere Christianity. He says... This is, that is why the real problem of the Christian life comes where people do not usually look for it. It comes the very moment you wake up each morning. All your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists simply in shoving them, back, shoving them all back and listening to the other voice, taking the other point of view, letting that other larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. And so on all day standing back from all your natural fussings and frettings, coming in out of the wind. We can only do it for moments at first. 
But from those moments, the new sort of life will be spreading through our system. Because now we are letting him work at the right part of us. It is the difference between paint, which is merely laid on the surface, and a dye or stain, which soaks right through. I really like this picture, that it's at moments at first, but that unlike paint, it's like dye that soaks all the way through. Again, going back to this, this idea of deepening our faith. And, and I can't help but feel that in a lot of ways we, we see our Christian lives as something about we have all these things that we have to get done. Even as I talk about the spiritual disciplines of scripture and prayer and these kind of things, we, we still see it from uh, this aspect of, okay, I have to do these different things. But what I, I believe that C.S. Lewis is touching upon here and what I, I believe I just really feel really convicted about in my own life is that the things that we're supposed to do as Christians is not the, really the main point. The main point is that through the things that God has given us, that he is slowly changing our hearts so that we actually would want to be with him. And I think that's the, that's the real hard part about being a Christian, about trying to follow Jesus. Because we could be trained to do all these right things, but you can't ultimately just fake what's going on in your heart. We could, we could fake out all the people in our lives. We could fake out and, and be this, this mask, this false self to everyone that we meet. But what's happening inside of us? Like, you can't, you can't fake that. And ultimately, we can tell ourselves things, tell ourselves that we're okay, tell ourselves, oh, just a little bit more, we can continue. But ultimately, what's happening inside of us, it's, it's going to come out one way or another. And I believe that God really wants us to see that, that he is wanting us to reorientate our hearts so that our hearts would actually change for reals and not just something that we talk about or read about. So I'd just like to finish with this thought. You know, Jesus ends his parable with a description of the good soil. And he talks about the good soil as uh, a good soil that receives God's word, accepts it, and it bears fruit. And as we think about this, as we think about the barriers, as we think about these things, I wanted us to think about, well, what does it mean then to accept God's word in our hearts? What does it mean to accept God's word in our hearts? And I think there is a difference between valuing God's word and prioritizing God's word. A difference between valuing and prioritizing. And what I mean by this is that I think a lot of us, we agree that God's word is important. We agree that we should read our Bibles. We agree that we should be praying and doing these things. But we don't ever really prioritize that in our lives. And I think that's a, that's a huge difference. And it's not an, it's not an easy thing that tomorrow... You know, some of you might come up to me and be like, Stan, you know, I'm prioritizing God's word. I'm going to read it, read it today. And that's great. I, I think that's awesome. But really what it is is this long-term sustained desire 
that, that God wants us to have to prioritize him over all other things. And it's a slow work. It's not something that happens just overnight for something to be sustained. And so God wants us to just, again, not just value his word, but prioritize it and therefore live it out. So I'd just like to encourage us today that, again, if you've heard any of this, it's just, again, just that God is what he's really speaking us today, is just to be aware that even as we listen today, as we hear his words, as we even maybe later on hear different things, that there are going to be barriers. There's going to be spiritual warfare. Satan's going to tell us lies, want to take away what God is trying to say to us. We're going to be, you know, it's, it's a fight to go deeper. There's, there's a lot of times a shallowness that is easy to kind of fall into. Or we could just be dis- so distracted by so many things, but God is really asking us to really reorientate ourselves to him and to really accept his word and bear fruit. Let's pray. Father, I... Um, I just come before you right now, and, and we just ask that, Lord, you would, would quiet our hearts. Lord, I, even after um, just, you know, going through your word, listening to, you know, some guys speak about it, Lord, I think what's more important, Lord, is, is for you. It's for you to just speak to us right now. To just sit with you. To leave all the distractions behind. To spend a moment and ask that help us to to go deeper with you. Help us to not hear the other voice in our head that's telling us that this is stupid, that there's nothing here. The other voice that wants us to just ignore your voice. So let's at this time just take this time to sit with God for just a few moments. And then I'll close us in prayer. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.